Back to West Crenshaw joins us here on Local News Live this week as we're talking about trends in substance abuse among teens. Dr. West, what do you notice? Uh, it's pretty surprising. A few years ago when we did this show, I had a guest on with me who was talking about research that suggested teenagers were drinking less. And I was like, I'll believe that when I see it. Uh, and in fact, that does seem now to be true. Um, and I, as you are aware, as viewers may be less aware, I just do nothing but sit around and talk to teenagers every day of the week. So I really do begin to see trends as they develop. And uh, this, it is now common to be visiting with teenagers and hear that they and their friends don't drink much. Now, they aren't teetotalers, but this, I, what we saw a few years ago, five, six, 20 years ago, uh, where teens were and young adults were drinking uh, heavily, blackout drinking, what I would call at any other age, alcoholic drinking. This seems to no longer be within the message of permission amongst teens. teens. So what changed? Well, it's interesting. There was an inter There's a good book uh, by Peggy Ornstein, who's a New York writer, uh, called Girls and Sex. And that book came out about her research was during the time the book came out at what I think is the tail end of this heavy drinking period. And she was interviewing college women. And she was as concerned as I was at the time, which has probably been five or six years now, that uh, alcoholic drinking in college was a big part of what has been described as rape culture. And the difficulty of this was that young women, and most of the things that 19, 18-year-old women experienced were also being experienced by teenage girls, that they were very angry that uh, they were subject to sexual assault because they were drinking heavily. Well, parents felt differently. They felt personal safety awareness is important, and, and so don't drink as much. Uh, John Kasich got into terrible trouble in the election before he was uh, dislodged by Donald Trump in the primaries when he said that young women would be better off uh, and more able to avoid rape if they just avoided alcohol parties. Well, this had the dual uh, characteristic of being empirically true and very offensive. And so that audience to this did not want to hear that at the time. Uh, over the course of the last few years, what I hear is that young women's conversations, teenage girls and young women's conversations about this have shifted, and they now associate heavy alcohol use with vulnerability and sexual assault. And while nobody deserves to be sexually assaulted because they're drinking, they have come to a conclusion that that is not a safe bet. That is what I hear now. I think that's been the biggest driver towards that change. How about that? That's uh, fascinating. Dr. Wes Crenshaw joining us here on Local News Live. So Dr. Wes, what would you advise for parents to work with their kids when it comes to these trends? Well, I think it's interesting. Over the years, we've tried 150 things as providers and government authorities and so on to try to get kids to hear our message that substance abuse is uh, problematic. And that has had about a zero effect. I'm firmly convinced that has nothing to do with why kids are drinking less. Um, it has more to do with this message of permission that kids give each other. Uh, and th so 
parents can certainly continue to talk about wise alcohol consumption uh, and and safe alcohol consumption for teens. You know, trying to talk to them about never drinking as much as I might think that's a good idea. <laughs> that just falls on deaf ears for teenagers. So you have to talk about harm, what we call harm reduction and how to do these things in a safe manner uh, without blackout drinking uh, and so on. It, it, some of the other trends are continue to be evolving. Uh, vaping, you will recall, was a big old deal a uh, couple of years ago as kids had issued a message of permission to one another that not only was vaping uh, okay, it was a fine idea, it was much better than smoking cigarettes, everybody should go out and vape. Well, interestingly enough, that too is changing because teenagers uh, have become acutely aware through their relationship with each other that vaping is, is unbelievably addictive. The nicotine hit you get in that is unbelievably addictive. And so while we might have said that to teens, though we were very slow in that message, what's more important is they see that in their friends, friends that can't not get on the vape pen. And that I have many kids who have pushed that out of their lives and are kind of judgy about people who are addicted to nicotine. So parents can continue to gently carry that message and say, wow, this is legitimately uh, very dangerous for kids. You mentioned vaping, and within the last 12 months, the U.S. government made it illegal for vape and cigarette purchases under the age of 21 years old. Have you seen any impact from that being enforced now, from the, the laws changing on that front, or is it still kind of too early to tell? Yeah, one big impact is that there's a tremendous black market for vape cartridges sold to minors. Now, you know, it's easy to get those cartridges if you have a, 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 a downline from someone who's 21, and then those are simply resold. And I know uh, young people who are quite skilled profiteers by reselling those cartridges to minors. Needless to say, I do not endorse this. I am just saying this yeah. is a thing. So what governmental regulation, and, and I'm not going into a libertarian mode here, I'm just saying practically speaking, government regulation has done almost nothing ever to curb substance use and misuse. It is, it is kids you know, raising their own awareness and agreeing with one another on what is and isn't safe. The third area, that brings us right to the third area of substance use that has changed and continues to change for a very different reason, and that's marijuana use. And I think any, even though everyone agrees it's gone up, the studies that are done, poorly done, uh, indicate it's gone up, I think it's gone up way more than those studies even imagine. It is a very rare teenager I know who is wholly abstinent from marijuana use. And the message of permission here is, it's not only okay, it's really groovy, and what kind of idiot wouldn't get high? That's the message of permission amongst teens at this point. There's also a pretty strong dealership market in the teen group. And where we went really super wrong, relevant to your question about regulation, where we went super wrong over the years was to go out and really equate marijuana use with, you know, like uh, cocaine or heroin or something, which is classified similarly. And kids long ago 
uh, learned through their conversation with each other that this simply was not empirically true. Uh, and so they distrust all our messages about drugs. Uh, they feel lied to about marijuana, especially as it's become widely legalized. And so they just don't listen to any of our messages about drugs. They listen to what each other knows and believes. And so if they see someone, you know, they, they all are concerned about opioids. They know people who have uh, they're had opioided and in a couple of cases, I'm aware, very serious outcomes. So kids have to be kind of eyewitnesses to a lot of this and regulation will not do it. And only the, the most wise and non-emotionally reactive parent conversation will help kids see factual concerns about substance abuse. Okay. When it comes to access, how easy is it for kids now to get those things like marijuana or alcohol, comparably speaking to what it was even just a few years ago? Well, it, it's, I would say it's very easy, and I am in a non-legal state. Um, I, what is unclear to me is whether it's harder in the state that's not legal than it is in a state that it is legal. One of the things you notice, and I'm really more familiar with how Colorado does things than any other state. Colorado has just has a very strong protection system in place in its dispensaries. Uh, they practically DNA test you when you walk in to see how old you are. They're very concerned about this. And that's been impressive. I had a couple students in Colorado studying this, so I've heard learned a lot from them about it. And I think it, that probably curtails illegal use at the retail level. But my experience here and in other states has been that then a uh, market appears, a black market appears pretty quickly that is a downline from the legal markets. So I, I think uh, access is probably at an all-time high. That wasn't a pun. Uh, <laughs> It's, it's probably uh, really going quite well. Uh, and I don't know any teenager that has, in, again, in an illegal, in a state where it's not legal, I don't know any teenager that has any trouble getting marijuana. Alcohol is a little trickier because you need a fake ID to do that. And there are paths for that that kids use, but it's just much easier to, to be uh, involved in marijuana trade. It's just like nothing. How about that? Like a vending machine. You go to a vending machine, pretty much. No. Oh, man. Uh, that is uh, something else. Dr. Wes Crenshaw joining us here on Local News Live. So where do we go from here? Do you see these trends continuing? Do you think they'll continue at the rate they're at right now? Yeah, and I think as one of the effects of legalization for marijuana has been, unfortunately, I would argue, to equate legalization with uh, good. Uh, if it's legal, it's good. And most people who've researched marijuana agree that it is not a good thing for minors to consume. That hasn't stopped anyone, but we do all kind of agree that there should be an age restriction. So I think the trend will be, however, for kids to look at the legalization as an endorsement. Um, and I do not foresee the message of permission about that being revoked. What might change, and I'll, you'll need to, we'll do this in 10 years, Tyler, and we'll see where it went. 
what might change is that kids become more aware as they see friends struggle that the overuse and misuse of marijuana is impairing. Um, while they make a good case for recreational use and wise use to be far less dangerous than alcohol, and that's empiric, that is a fact. Uh, alcohol use is far more damaging in people's lives than marijuana use. So kids make that point very stringently, but they take it further to say, therefore, there's no negative impact. And my hope is that as they recognize some struggles people have that overuse, then there will become a message of permission that marijuana abuse, heavy use, non-recreational use is problematic and kids will, that will be part of their zeitgeist. That could be happening. We've Kids are talking, getting smart. They are. They are. We've been talking about this message of permission for the most part in this segment this week. And what it makes me think of, Dr. West, is who you surround yourself with, your friend group. And I can imagine that there's probably some parents watching that are probably saying to themselves, man, I wish my kid wasn't hanging out with this friend group or this individual, whatever it may be. Where can you step up and say that, hey, that person's not good for your well-being, that they're not helping you in that sense? It seems like that would be difficult to try to get across. And then you also have to factor in what if your kid just wants to rebel and, and do it anyway because you told them not to. That's, that's a little hard, isn't it? Yeah, there's a lot to unpack in that, and you're certainly right. You're, you're speaking uh, a language a lot of parents still believe in. Now, we're getting to a generation where they, the, the folks who uh, felt themselves more enlightened about these issues are now having have teenagers. So there's a little bit of a change on that. But in general, uh, what parents are probably misunderstanding if they go down the path you were proposing is that friend groups are um, broad now. You know, we, we used to joke friends on Facebook aren't really your friends. You know, there's people who signed on your Facebook. Well, the, the world of online life is so important now that your, your acquaintances go well beyond your friend group and the influences go well beyond. So the electronic world, that message of permission is more than you and your friends. It is an understood viewpoint. And it, in some ways, it's good in the sense that I think that's how vaping has gotten tamped down. In other ways, it's problematic because the zeitgeist will become, for instance, a popular one right now is all cops are bad. And if you violate this rule, this large electronic friend group will punish you. So it, it, it's not so easy anymore to say, I don't like Billy, he seems like a loser. Uh, stay away from it. So, secondly, it is, again, the rare teenager that hasn't any interest in marijuana at all. It's a very casual thing now. And there are teenagers who have minimal interest in it. It's just kind of there. It's kind of fun once in a while. And there are teenagers who are way too interested in it, way too interested. Uh, and so trying to help kids stay over on that first side of the spectrum is more realistic than policing who their friends are and trying to figure out who a good influence is. I, kids talk to me and I am, as we talked about last week, this idea of trusting kids is just a joke. It's not a thing. Kids do the darndest things as they, they say. They do. 
Dr. Wes Grinshaw, check him out online. dr-west.com is the website. Dr. Wes, appreciate the time as always. We'll talk to you next week. Take care, Tyler.